Well, here we go. Wednesday. Um, I thought I'd just bang another one out while I'm waiting for the missus uh, to go and do a bit of shopping. So I did the uh, people who follow the Instagram. I did the Monday questions as usual, and what normally happens is I get a load of stuff come back. Sometimes I, get, I have a, like there's a subject that I'll uh, I sort of suggest, and sometimes it's just you know random questions. But this time I actually ask questions. I asked the question of, I think I said, what's the biggest issue or problem facing the community? And I was, I was, I wasn't too specific about the community. Well, I think what I meant was, um, the the communities that make up the city is Guild community. So you know, veteran uh, service professions in general. Uh, but it's yeah. So now I would normally type sort of answers and repost that on the Instagram stories and the Facebook stories so people could see. But what I thought I'd do, because I suspect that we're not going to be able to get another uh, podcast together with Ben and Luke this weekend, mainly because Luke has now uh, become a father. Luke's a dad to a little girl, and uh, he's currently in, in shit state, as you would expect. So... I figured I need to get one done. And actually, I'm doing something with my life this weekend for a change. I'm going up to, on Friday, I'm driving up to Dunkeld in Scotland to meet up with Jay, mentality chat type, and a couple of others. And I think Carl Stedman, our ambassador, he's from Aberdeen, uh, so or Aberdeen area. So I think Saturday, we're going to Dunkeld and I'm going to be made to look shit doing a bit of mountain biking. But it'll be good. So that's why I don't think we're going to be able to get one done this weekend, so I thought I'd bang this out now. So what I've got, I've screenshotted the answers to the Instagram Monday questions, and I'm just going to work my way through them, and we'll, uh, we'll let that sort of... Um, lead this conversation some of them I think I don't know some of them I'm going to be able to answer some of them I won't and like when I do these questions I get all sorts of sort of subjects and sometimes it's like self-helpy type stuff like with people who are making statements about where they are in life or problems that they're having and I'm just a I'm just a guy, just like just like you. I'm a person exactly like you, who knows some stuff and knows fuck all about other stuff. So you're really just getting my opinion, and it might be bullshit. So I don't want people to think that it's I don't know. I feel like a fucking life coach sometimes, and I I invite that I suppose by asking the question, but. I'm not a life coach. I have areas of my life that look like a cesspit and I have areas of my life that look fine, <laughs> like everybody else. So you only ever get my opinion. Like, don't fall into the trap of thinking that I'm setting myself up as some sort of fucking guru because I'm not that. I'm not that at all. Just a man trying to get things right. So... Let's have a look. I'm probably not going to uh, 
say who's asked these questions, you know, give their Instagram handle or anything like that. But we'll just uh, we'll work our way through them. So first answer was be more positive. Sounds obvious. Does sound obvious, doesn't it? But I'm sure you have people in your life that struggle to be positive about anything. They're just naturally pessimistic. Uh, I live with one. Like, uh, you know, I love my wife, <laughs> but she is an incredibly negative person. Um, she, that's just like, I'm not slagging her off and I'm not slagging her family off. <laughs> they're like co- comedically negative as a family. And they're, a, they're a great family, but like their sort of personality is like the world's against them. And it's quite funny. But she genuinely does find it hard to be positive about stuff. So I know what it's like. A problem will come up. And I think the sort of military background helps. Like, you see everything as you try and solve it all. You know that there's no point being negative because this is what the situation is. And you try and get things down to as close as black and white or minimal choices. And then you try and solve the problem. You know, and we, we're used to doing that. And you know that you have to just be positive, find the, the good in everything. At least it's not raining. At least I'm not currently on fire. Um, but I suppose it's the switch side of that, as I, I know from experience with my wife, is that's incredibly infuriating. You know, and it, it might be a man thing as well. Sometimes girls just want you to listen. <laughs> You're not supposed to... <laughs> You're not supposed to come up with an issue or, you know, come up with a, a solve for the problem. You just have to go, yeah, that's that's crap. Sorry, man. That's rubbish. Not, well, what you need to do is... <laughs> okay. Okay, so here's one, an answer by Jay, mentality chat. Um, he's just put fucking turds. And yeah, a problem with, with every community is fucking turds. And some people are just fucking turds. So... We sort of discount them. You can't help some people. You genuinely can't help some people. You know, I I have this sort of aspect of my personality that wants to... I'm no saint, but I have a thing where I want to help people. And that's not in like a hippie, I just want to help people, Ray. But I find myself, that's... I find myself wanting to do that. A mate of mine used to say that I should get it tattooed on me. I should get like on my forearm where I could see it, get, I cannot save everybody, put on. Uh, yeah, and I've, I've had to learn that over the years. You can't save everyone. So, you know, we're all on our own, and we but we all need a bit of help. But some people, they're just, they're too far gone, and we can't help them. <laughs> they're just turds. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, someone's bought not taking new guys under our wing when we see they have potential. So I'm I'm taking that from an old sort of work perspective. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But I think... I don't know. Sometimes it isn't that they've got potential, is it? Sometimes... It's just, if you're in a leadership position, then I always thought that 
it's your job to look down. As in, you shouldn't be... Now, maybe this is an unpopular or, or uncommon thing, but I, it's easy for me to say because I was never a career guy. And that's not because I was dog shit. We're all dog shit at some things, but I could have been a career guy if I wanted to. You know, I originally got selected for early promotion and all that stuff. So I probably could have gone down that road, but I I, I was lucky that I learned early that that wasn't me. That wasn't what I wanted. Um, so it was always quite easy for me to not be particularly bothered about where my career went so I could I could look after my guys better because I was looking out for them and I, I, I was looking out for them and I didn't care what particularly what the consequences to me were well, I was yeah I'm, I've never been a yes man I've never been that person I know everyone likes to say yeah I was a yes, a yes man but I really don't think I was I sort of yeah, but I think that's your job as a as a leader is to look after the guys underneath you and shield them from the shit that is bollocks. Because certainly in the military, there's so much shit that will take up their time that um, is a waste of time. You know that you can mitigate against by being a shit deflector for them, and the. The opposite side of that is that you then work them. You know, is that there's that analogy about treating people like racehorses? I think that's absolutely right. You know, you try and look after them as best you can, but when necessary, you can flog them until they die. Uh, yeah. So I don't think I've really answered that question, did I? Or it's a nice little talking point. Uh, we've got mental health will always be up there self-education and also educating those around us yeah education with everything isn't it the more you know you know it doesn't mean you believe everything it doesn't mean that you, you follow everything you read but the more you're exposed to the better you get at sniffing out the crap and finding the stuff that works for you now, whatever that, whatever that is, there is no right way. There's a, there's an optimal way for you, but there's no right way. I think people want a one size fits all with everything, don't they? Because that's easy. That's just not the case. Uh, what else we got? No respect for anybody. Okay. Um. So there's no respect for anybody, just treat people how you'd expect to be treated. Uh, maybe. I mean, that might be in this guy's... In fact, no one know what, if I know what this guy does for a living, I suspect that is aimed at the general public. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I don't do his job, so... I'll have to take his word for it. Like, I don't like writing, writing people off. It's easy to write communities or groups off and go, well, you're all the same. You know, the easy one is young people have no respect and, um, yeah, times have changed. It was different when I was little. Well, they, yeah, of course it was. Things do change. 
but it's no one likes being put in a box, do they, and written off. You know, there's plenty of people who think soldiers are baby killers. I'm not I'm not a baby killer. You know, I don't know anyone who is a, a general baby killer. Yeah. That's in fact, no respect for anybody, treat people how you'd expect to be treated. I suppose that you could also turn that back and say, well, yeah, don't put people in boxes, don't assume that everyone's the same. Because we don't like it. But absolutely, like, there's a thing about respect, isn't there? Like, respect is earned, and there's people who say respect is earned, and there's people who say that you have an in, uh, just a right to be respected. And there's nothing absolute about that, is there? So... Respect is earned. You do get more respect as you depend. Well, more respect depends on your actions, depend on what you do as a person, and how people see what you've done. Uh, there's definitely an element of that, and there's also an element of there's a, a base level of respect that you should give somebody. You know, don't treat someone like a prick straight away. They have to prove they're a prick first. Yeah. Okay. Let's have a look. What else have we got? Okay. Softness, hypocrisy, and greed. Okay. Um. And I'm assuming again that this is directed as you know the, the world as a whole the general public and not just the same community because I don't think we're too bad with this I would hope not anyway generally not soft um, hypocrisy nobody escapes hypocrisy nobody does because that if you are not you're basically getting life right you're being you're getting life perfectly correct all the time if you're not a hypocrite we're all a hypocrite in some form or other it's just about minimizing isn't it it's like we're all bellends sometimes i'm an absolute prick but i try and minimize that i make huge mistakes try and minimize that treat people badly sometimes try and minimize that you know you're a human being people will get you on an off day You know, you can't, you can't go through life. Like, I, I say that ana analysing yourself is a good thing, and it is. You have to have self-knowledge. But there are, I think you can go down a road where you analyse what you're doing and everything to such an extent that you'll put yourself in a hole of, of anxiety and depression and... You know, and desperately trying not to be a hypocrite. Well, I can't do that because I, I said this, and you mix yourself up too bad. You you become so. If you try so hard not to be a hypocrite, you can become self righteous. It's I don't know. It's good to have a bit of humility and admit that you're crap sometimes. Okay, ego, entitlement. Ego serves no purpose. Entitlement serves the lazy. Okay. Well, ego and entitlement. Absolutely. Now, easiest way to talk about this is probably the, the veteran community thing. 
So it's something that I see. Ego's difficult. Ego's a difficult thing because we've done we've all done some cool stuff. You know, everyone's done something that somebody else would consider to be cool on me. And I, you know, I, I, I tend to say we've all done stuff, mate. No one cares. Um, to try and pop that bubble to people, because there's always someone cooler. There's always someone earlier who's done better stuff. And you, you, you can get into this thing where you believe your own hype. And oh, nice Land Rover going past there. Yeah, you can believe your own hype, and then that that serves to in. in to build entitlement so well I've done this so I should at least be allowed that um, you know these people have done nothing compared to what I've done you know they, they the serving the country thing well I've I put my life on the line for the country I should be entitled to this or I should be entitled to that now it's difficult isn't it because <sighs> I think it's... I don't think we should be entitled to anything. Like, we don't give discounts. A lot of people will message and say, oh, I'm serving here, or I'm serving here, or whatever, or I've done this. Do you give a discount? And we don't. We don't do military discounts. And the reason we don't do it is to try and mitigate that... Mitigate... Yeah, mitigate against... That uh, that entitlement thing, um, and also it doesn't make any sense for us because there's so many military customers who won't make any money. But I promise you that isn't the <laughs> that's not the primary objective with it. I just think it. I think it's a cool job. I think serving your country is other than anything else. I think being in the army is a cool job. I think you get to go and do cool stuff. You do shit stuff as well. But you get to go and do cool stuff. And there's a lot of opportunities if you take advantage of them. I think it's reward enough in itself. And I, you might not agree with that. That's my personal opinion. So I try not to enable the whole getting things free or things for cheap because you've you've served um but there are you know there's there's things where here we go your potential hypocrisy here i would also say that um does it there's always moves to get veterans to the top of the housing ladder and things like that isn't there now i don't necessarily think they should be ahead of the general public but perhaps there's other parts of society that they should be ahead of because you have contributed. Yeah. I should probably think these th these things through before I answer, shouldn't I? But I think apparently people like the fact that I just spew shit and don't really think about it. I suppose there's a level of integrity there, isn't there? Being open. But yeah. If, you, if you've put into the system and by the system I mean 
looking after the system. So you've served your country in some sort of way. You probably should get a little bit of a... You shouldn't go before the average ordinary person because this we do just do a job. And I'm, I'm sort of big on that. This is just a job. It's a very special, cool job, but it is just a job. But if you've... You should definitely be ahead of people who haven't put into the system. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. But ego's a thing for everybody. And I think it is one of the best things that you can do to help your mental health and help your life in general is, is minimizing your own ego as much as possible. And there's loads of different ways to do that. There's loads of different ways of doing it. Meditation's a good one. Meditation will do it eventually. It takes a bit of time. Um, never goes away, but it's, just, it's minimizing. Uh, thinking we're a protected species. Stop being martyrs. Well, I know this guy. The guy who sent this message, I know. I've known him for years. So he was... We were in two paras together in the late 90s early 2000s that I left he stayed in and then when I rejoined he'd obviously stayed in and during that period he'd obviously had a full career progression and when I I was basically was that a lunch check yeah so the next time I saw him because he was in two power and he got posted over to one power eventually and he he was a sergeant major of one of the companies and I was a corporal but obviously we're the same peer group so I think there's a lot this was a lot of people would struggle with that I think and I think luckily my sort of worldview helped me not give a shit about that the fact that I was now massively subordinate uh, someone who used to be the same yeah, we were private soldiers together but he's a very good dude. He's still in, as far as I'm aware. Very good dude. Very good guy indeed. Um, but yeah, think of it, and this this comment is typical of his sort of the way he sees things. And I think we're we're pretty much on the same wavelength. So he's talking specifically about veterans there. Think we're a protected species and stop being martyrs. And that he's sort of talking to the previous comment as well, isn't he? You know, it's just a job. And it'll it'll help you to certainly when you I think when you leave there's a lot of people who I talk about letting it go there's a lot of people who never let it go now there's nothing wrong with being proud of what you've done I'm proud of what I did in my career I had an incredibly average career but I'm proud of it proud of some of the things I, I achieved proud of some of the things I've done proud of some of the organisations within that career that I got to work with you know it's cool and I, you know I worked hard to be able to do those things um, but I don't like you wouldn't know if you met me on the street you wouldn't know what I did previously for a living and you know I don't walk around with Parabreg t-shirts on I don't I don't do that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I 
So I'm currently sat here in some cut-off cry shorts, so um, maybe I'm talking shit, but I don't put out there what I used to do for a living. And I think being SFSG prior to leaving for, you know, 10 years or so helped that because you're not allowed to wear any insignia or any of that stuff when you're, you you have to you're working within that SF group you have to try and not look like your military obviously one probably got a reputation for a while of being North Face Para because we all looked like we all looked the same in our civilian wear but uh, yeah the average person on the street probably can't spot you as being ex-military. I can spot an ex-military person. I'm, I'm sure you can. We're going down the rabbit hole here. But yeah, I'm just saying... You've got to try and let it go. Try and let people be surprised by it. You know, there's, there's a balance between having things to do with that community still and moving on. And if you don't move on... You'll be fucked. Those guys who have the problems, who find themselves alienated and lonely and struggling, a lot of the time you'll find they're the people who won't let it go. And I understand it because they, that's their identity. They they identify, even if you were only in for fucking four years or something, you know, you, ident- you identify with something very strongly and it's a special thing. But you have to use that to give you strength in moments of weakness. But you can't cling to it. It's a tool in your box. It's not all that you are. You know, like... Yeah. Like, I I fully admit, I have in the back of my head, whenever I'm... It's normally fizz-related, to be honest. Uh, if I'm doing some fizz and I start being crap, I have in the back of my head that I'm Reg and I'm supposed to be a fit person. I'm supposed to have a high degree of mental strength and I'm supposed to be able to push my way through this and not stop. Don't walk. Just keep going because you can. Um, and I, I have that in the back of my head to draw on. But a lot of the time, it's not. It's I'm not using that, you know. I hope you see where I'm coming. Where I'm coming from. It's a tool you've got. It isn't all that you are. It shouldn't be all you've got in life. You should. When you leave, it's your job to find other ways of having a community of having interests outside of that. Um, yeah, it's up to you. It's up to you to do that but I think as guy who's uh, my mate who's asked this question here or made this statement thinking we're a protected species stop being martyrs we know there's a, a section of the community that do this who start sentences on social media with as a veteran speaking as a veteran or um just wanting more than they're entitled to, wanting more than other people because they think they're special. And like we're the only people in the world who have suffered. There's a lot of that. 
there's an awful lot of that of where somehow this section of society that's hard done to and gets shot on all the time and it's not it isn't complete bollocks you know the military do get dragged out to help solve problems you know when the fire brigade went on strike we get dragged out to go and help with that when there's flooding we get dragged out to go and help with that you know where some people you know we can be used as this sort of Um, this sort of stopgap or some way of, you know, yeah, some sort of stopgap. We can be used like that, but that's the job. And, like, you sort of know that. You know when you join there's crap things about being in the military. And you are this sort of last line of, oh, we'll just get the blokes to do it. Yeah, and you do get fucked about, and it is crap. But you know that stuff, or you learn that very quickly. And if you don't like it, you can leave. You know, it's not like you're not conscripted and it's a prison that you have to stay in. If you join the army and after a year or so, you decide it's not for you. I mean, in trading, you might decide it's not for you and you can leave. But you know very quickly whether this is for you or not. And you can then leave at your first available opportunity. And you can whine the whole time. If you look, if you work out after a year that you hate it and you've got to wait, whatever, you know, two, three years to sign off, you can just get yourself some easy posting somewhere or whatever. And you can moan the whole time. You can be that guy. And then you leave. But, um, yeah. There's a lot of martyrs on there. And unfortunately, these people tend to be the loudest. They tend to be the loudest, and they give us a bad name. They give us a bad name. But how do we combat that? We can only ever change ourselves, can't we? So you just try yourself to not be like that. And if you can get yourself to minimal levels of martyrdom, maybe other people will see you doing that and follow you. Set a good example. Okay. I think people's attachment and identity to groups and being hostile to those not in that group. Okay. There's a bit of a theme here, isn't there? Uh, yeah, you absolutely... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with... Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting an identity and wanting to be part of something. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Because it's in our it's in our DNA. I say this often, you know, we're tribal. We're tribal animals. Um Yeah, you want you want to be part of something. And certainly if you if you have been in some sort of service profession, you know, I I apologize for coming at this from a veteran viewpoint all the time, but I'm sorry, but that's <laughs> that's the only thing I've ever done really. Uh, other than some crappy little jobs. Um, so that's where I'm going to come from. And it's... 
you get an identity ingrained in you very young, especially if you do what join you when you're young. I joined when I was 17, so and I was in cadets before that. Like for, from 13 to, well, two years ago, with a six-year break, my life has been about military things. Uh, but it, it's about knowing... I mean, and you can argue that I was involved with because I've been, you know, parachute regiment my, my whole career. You can argue that because it we are, I don't know, the, the regimental system in the British military is good because you do get these little, very strong cultural um, identities. You do get that, and it's the strength of the regimental system that you get those rivalries, and you're proud of your your particular regiment. And we have all you know, all traditions and stuff like that, which are good. Serves us very well. And you, you, I think you'd be you'd struggle to say that the parachute regiments isn't one of the stronger ones. Especially certainly if you've met one. If you met a parareg guy <laughs> when he's when he's when he's serving anyway, you'll know. It's a it's a very very strong identity. Got our own language. Got our own way of doing things. It's just how it is. But it isn't all you are, and it shouldn't be all you are. It should be something that you can turn on and off, exactly the same way as you pride yourself in the military about controlled aggression and be able to be Mister Cool Guy one minute, and then beating up your best mate the next minute, and then I'm talking about a million, really here, and then turn it off and your best mates again that controlled aggression you should be able to do that with all aspects of your life I think anyway that control over yourself um, so you should be able to turn your identity on and off take the good things from it like my example of using it when I feel like a, a biff when I'm running doing something I hate fizz wise you should be able to turn that on and off and uh yeah, just not being attached. I mean, uh, attachment in general is a mistake, and it's a mistake we all make. I'm not going to go down that fucking Buddhist road here, but attachment is a is a thing, and it's attachment to anything. Attachment to who you think you are, attachment to your family and your loved ones, attachment to possessions that you love. Attachment to the idea of how you want the world to be. Um, literally everything. None of those things are permanent. I mean, nothing's permanent. None of those things are permanent. So they're always going to change in some way. Always. You're never going to get the world. I mean, this when you're young, it's... I can diverging here I suppose but when you're young you have this idea that by a certain age you'll have all your ducks in a row and that idea of what ducks in a row looks like changes as you get older but you have this idea that there's a there's a, a time and a place you can get to where you know, your job will be all tied down and that's a, that's what you don't need to worry about you'll have some sort of place to live you don't need to worry about that you'll have um, any sort of family arrangements or social life or anything like that, you'll have that exactly where you want it. 
all aspects of your life will be tied down and you'll have this life that you envisioned. And uh, it takes a long time for you to learn. And some people never do learn, that's an issue. It takes a long time for you to learn that that's not real. That never happens, ever. You will never get to a place where everything is fine and it's all just chugging along nicely. And there's various reasons for that. One is that the, the world's fluid. Everything's fluid. And you can't, you can't bottle a flowing stream, can you? You know, I just pulled it out of my ass. Well, you can bottle a flowing stream, but then it stops flowing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're never going to get to that point. It, it just doesn't happen. And it also doesn't happen because you change the person setting those boundaries for what you think your perfect world is going to be like. You change yourself, change as a person, you change what you want. You're fighting a losing battle. And then we start looking at other people. There's the real mind fuck that people get into. They compare themselves to everybody else. Oh, this person's doing better. Are they? You know? There's plenty of people who look like they have a perfect life who are actually in turmoil. We add on that social media. That's how we look at other people's lives nowadays anyway. Some people get into a hole and they start feeling like a failure. It's just, it's 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 sad. It's a sad thing to see, and it's very difficult to tell those people that oh you're not a failure. You know, look, this person's because you get into a mindset where it's negative and they think you're telling them just what they want to what they want to hear or that you're just spouting some shit at them and you're not really in their situation so it's hard to bring them back you have to learn for yourself people have to learn these things for themselves and it takes time I'm going to step out of that that rabbit hole before I can't see daylight anymore uh, but yeah I think people's attachments and identity to groups being hostile to those not in that group okay didn't really attack the hostile bit there but we we Attachment to the identity, I think we did. Yeah. Okay. Okay, here's one. BLM and Antifa. All right, we're going to fucking sidestep that fucker. Um, I've got an opinion on that. So have you. Talking about that opinion is fucking difficult. You know, suffice to say, I'm not a fan of boxes. Don't see why we need to have boxes. I think everyone should be judged on their individual merits. And that's it. Cunts come in all flavours. Um. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that another time. But uh, Antifa are definitely cunts. Okay. We'll sidestep that fucker. Believe in that. Okay. The Antifa one. <clears throat> there are elements of that who are just young people who want an identity. So let's let's have a bit of empathy here. That's a very, very strong identity. 
to be that far left. It's wanting to be part of a gang, and it's just a different gang than some of us are in. And my personal opinion is that gang's not the best thing. I think it does a load of shit. And there are people in that gang who are real fucking danger. But then there's people in all gangs that are dangerous, aren't there? Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. But I actually, like, I'm not sure if I've spoken about it previously. Like, I've been a very left-wing person. I've never been a fucking communist or anything like that. But when I, when I left the army the first time, um, I had six years of just... I had like a year of bumming around trying to get into uni and a year afterwards, after uni pretty much, a year or so, nearly two years, after uni, trying to get back into the army. So I had my uni years there and during that sort of time, I went very left and I did it sort of like an experiment in a way. I was just sort of trying new ways of thinking. Um, So I was teetotal for a lot of that time. I was veggie for a lot of that time. I sort of tried on a new way of doing things. Uh, you know, I did like a load of charity stuff. I ran an Oxfam shop for a year. Um, yeah. But, and I was I was politically pretty left-wing. Like, I was never anti... People always assume that if you're very left-wing, you must be anti-military. Obviously, I'm not going to be anti-military, am I? I have a certain level of realism about what the world is and why we need these things. So I was never that far fucking gone. But I was generally sort of left-wing on on most things. But what I learned was it was easy. It was easy because a lot of the way of looking at those things... I don't know, it's it's easy to it's very easy to be right or or look like you're doing the right thing or f- certainly certainly this certainly feel like you're doing the right thing. Very 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 easy. Because what I found was you become you become a critic. You know, you could if there's a any a hard decision to be made that is going to lead to, you know, maybe greater good for a lot of people or more people, but some people aren't going to do quite so well. That's a hard decision. And it was always very easy from my political viewpoint at the time to criticise those people who were making the hard decisions because you can always be nicer. I could always go, well, that's terrible that you're doing that. But I could never answer what I should do instead. I think that's that's the danger. And certainly it's why it appeals to young people because when you're young, you want to change the world, don't you? You want to be... Um, you assume that everyone before you has, has fucked the world up and you want to try and put it right. And it sounds patronising to say it, but you, you haven't really lived in the real world yet. You've been semi-sheltered because you've, you know... Obviously, this isn't everybody. But a lot of people have been semi-sheltered. You've lived under your parents' wing and then you've been in, in the education system's wing and you haven't had to make it on your own yet and found all the struggles and, yeah, and had to make any real hard choices yourself yet. 
And I think as you get older, that happens more to you. You have more life experience and you see that you probably need to come back towards the middle a bit. You know, but, you know, we need right and left. We absolutely do. Because if you have two people who are all the way, all the, way on the right, they're cons too. You know, we need balance. But yeah, when I'm talking about this stuff, I do sort of come at it from a bit of experience because I had a good six-year period there of being a fucking hippie. Yeah. So, there we go. We'll leave that one there. We might talk about that one more in the future, but it's fucking difficult, isn't it? It's a hard one to talk about. What have we got here? A lot of cringe posting, Valhalla, Sacrifice from people who have never deployed and just want the aesthetic. Okay. Now, I agree and, and yeah, I agree and disagree in different bits here. Okay. So, I'm not a fan of the whole Valhalla, sheepdog, fucking um, Viking, Crusader, whatever shit. Not a big fan of that. You know, because... <sighs> I don't know. Certainly there. I mean, you can... Crusade, being a crusader, there's too much religion attached to that, so I'm not really a fan of that. Not against religion. You know? It's not really for me. I'm not against it. But um, the crusader thing is... There's definitely an us versus them there, isn't there? If you're saying you're a crusader. Um, Valhalla? Yeah. Um, maybe that's a real place. Yeah, I don't particularly think it is. Uh, I'm not a Viking. I know lots of people who would talk about Viking stuff and get into all the Viking things. You know, they're not Vikings either. You know? To try and be, I suppose, just be yourself. Now, the, the instant comeback to that is that the whole sin eating thing is an identity just as bad. You're saying, Yeah, you're a sin eater. Well, I suppose so, yeah. That is an identity. But it doesn't, it's not ex exclusive, is it? Anyone can do that. It's all that whole thing about putting yourself before other people and doing the, the unfashionable, hard, hard decision, unpalatable stuff sometimes for the sake of the greater good. Anybody can do that to various, um, to various extents. Opening the door for somebody is doing something to help other people. You know, there's a level for everybody. So it's why... It's a bit sort of different. Now, what I did, what wasn't a fan of that was a, talking about that stuff from people who haven't deployed, deployed and just want the aesthetic. Yeah, there is absolutely a section of the society who are waltzing it big time and just want to. I'm, I mean, it, it, I'm hoping people will get over this stuff eventually, but that sort of ass bearded fucking guy, the sort of. I don't know. That look is getting old now. That idea of what some sort of SF operator guy looks like. That aesthetic. There's people still doing that. But I'm, 
yeah, there's people, like he says, people who haven't deployed who want anesthetic. Now, the whole deploying thing, you can't really discriminate against people in that way who haven't deployed. Now, there's a difference between being given the opportunity to deploy. I, don't, I may be talking about civilians and military there, but I'm, I don't like making that distinction too much. It's not helpful. Us and them's aren't helpful. But you can't, like, unless you have actively dodged the deployment, you may have been in a unit that just never got to deploy. Okay? For whatever reason. And you may have actually been in quite a, you know, a busy unit. But for whatever reason, innocently, you never got to deploy. Those people exist. And we shouldn't be a dick about it because they have, it's not like they haven't volunteered to serve and go and do things. You can't help the deployments that you sent on. Some people, their, their career deployment just meant that fucking hell, they're away all the time. You know, some people joined that really kinetic, um, units who get into, sorry, units who get into loads of sort of kinetic stuff and do loads, loads of cool stuff. Some people actively try really hard to get into those places. That's their choice. But you can spend your whole career really desperate to go away and for whatever reason, don't go away. Certainly in this fucking day and age, those people exist. So you can't really discriminate against them for having not deployed because for some people, it's not really their fault. Um, yeah. Boy, and you can't, you can't do fucking tour top trumps either. You know, if you got to go and do some cool stuff or you were involved in some fucking horrible stuff that now to an extent is part of your identity and a bit of a battle on for you that you're proud of you know no problem with that that's fine but there's always someone who's done more than you there's always someone who's done something cooler there's no point doing that fucking top trumps thing yeah let's knock it down that rabbit hole should be sponsored by Rabbit Hole, shouldn't we? Okay, let's have another look here. I think we're nearly there. Oh, okay. Here's what... <laughs> Somebody's just put mongs. Yeah. Do you know what's worse than a mong? A comfy mong. A confident mong is the most dangerous thing. Certainly. I mean, I think in any walk of life. But a mong... Like, mongs who know their mongs. That they're relatively harmless because you know what you're dealing with, you know. There's loads of people that I'm sure you've worked with, I, I have, who can operate at a very basic level, you know, and they will fuck up sometimes, but because you know the level at which they can operate, you you try and shield them from situations where, you know, they're not put out of their comfort zone too, too much to the point of being dangerous. You know, those people, that's, that, that's just a thing. That's part of management and looking after your people, isn't it? You know, you can't shield them from everything. Sometimes they're going to be out the depth and they'll fuck up. But they're not dangerous in that. <laughs> you know, mo most of those people know their mongs. Like they know there's a, there's a, a limit at which they can go to. And they'll actively try and stay out of places where they might fuck up. And that's okay. 
We're all, we're not all ninjas. We're certainly not all ninjas at everything. I'm shit at lots of things. But the danger is a confident Hmong. Doesn't know they're Hmong. Doesn't know that they can't map read, but would be the first person to take a map off you and go, yeah, let's go. We're going this way. Yeah, who shit at fucking CQB, but is the first person to say, yeah, I'll, I'll go and run this range and then start to critique him to people from their position of authority with absolute mad shit that's going to get people killed. Um, yeah, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Those people. A confident mong is the most fucking dangerous thing you can have. Uh, okay. I think this is the last one. I've sort of left it to last because it's... We sort of touched on it and it's it's a big one. Um, okay. Somebody's brought suicide stroke loneliness stroke alcoholism. And he said he doesn't have the answers to this one. Yeah. You know, none of us do. Uh, fucking hell. Deserves its own podcast, this one, doesn't it? The suicide one. I don't... There's definitely an issue, isn't there? It is an issue. And there are people who... I don't know. It's so difficult to, to talk about and deal with because in our sort of rush to like everybody's trying to talk about this stuff now. Everyone's trying to talk about it. And that is a good thing. It's a good thing that it's okay to say that you're having dramas for whatever reason. You know, and hopefully we're beginning to get over this macho shit where guys who are having problems can't say it because they think, certainly men anyway, you know, I'm a man, I'm going to talk about men because that's what I know about more than girls. It's a lot more acceptable to say, right, I'm having some dramas here. And it's also a lot more acceptable to message your mate and go, you're right, dude. How's it going? And for him to say, yeah, to be honest, crap at the moment. That's becoming more acceptable. That's, and I'm, I'm not even just talking about veterans here. I'm talking about just human beings talking to each other because it's not just a veteran issue. We should be able to accept that we're all fucking humans who haven't got a clue what we're doing and are just trying to make the best of it and for whatever variety of reasons sometimes we're not doing so good and it should be okay to say yeah I'm, I'm having a shit time of it at the moment now some of those people are going to kill themselves it's going to happen it's never going to get to zero because if you want if you want to do it, you're going to do it. Um, now, I wonder if the whole thing with the military guys doing it, I wonder if it's just we have a certain... We've sort of desensitised death a bit. I wonder if we find it easier to do. Now, 
this is just me fucking talking out loud here, just like you be talking out loud. So, I'm not saying I've got the answers, this is just me sat in my car talking shit. You might disagree with me, you might agree with me, who knows, but we're talking about it, aren't we? Now, I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if we have, and we've developed an attitude towards death that means that we perhaps are more inclined to do it. Or even that we're more successful in doing it, I don't know. Um, yeah. There was, um, there was something I saw the other day. There was a post. In fact, it was me and me and Hugh here. Hugh put something on about, on his Twitter account. If you don't know Hugh, he does the HR podcast. X3 Price Sniper, good guy. Had some dramas himself, is now doing okay. Um, he put something on, fucking hell, I feel like I should go and actually look and see what he put. Bear with me 10 seconds while I go into my Twitter. Because I replied to it, I feel like I should try and get a bit of accuracy going on here. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-da. Excuse my jolly music while uh, I look for something about suicide. Can I find it? Can I find it? I'll probably cut all this out. Right, can't find it. Basically, he was just talking about you know, suicide and, and the response to it. And one of the things that I, I replied, I said that it shouldn't be assumed. It, it was, it was, his post was around, you know, the, there's, all, there's like a, a ticking clock of numbers of how many people, how many veterans have committed suicide this year. Um, and there was, there'd been a guy who killed himself who had been a trip people have just gone yeah he's a veteran and he's killed himself and you know the the assumption was it must be suicide and there was then sort of 24 hour that had sort of gone all over the internet and then there was a post a couple of days later in the next 48 hours they had said that perhaps it wasn't suicide and perhaps he'd um, he just died but the assumption was that he he must have committed suicide because he was a veteran and he just died. Now, I'm, I'm not sure if that was actually proved to be the case in the end. But it raised it raised a an issue, being that it shouldn't be assumed that just because you're a veteran and you die, and it looks like it might be suicide, that it is. And the comment that I put on it as well was that it should also not be assumed that... If you commit suicide and you're a veteran, it shouldn't be assumed that your suicide was because of your service. Now, this is this is a big one. Some people have absolutely fine time in service, you know, and these are people who might have seen some terrible shit, might have had some really horrible experiences in their life, um, and they have their service and they leave. And they're fine. And then for whatever reason, you know, things happen in their personal life after leaving. They make some decisions, you know, we're all just trying to get this right and some people are going to get 
their life choice is wrong and they're going to suffer, become depressed, have problems because of all those things. And they may decide to kill themselves because of that. And it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that once they did a specific job. That is entirely possible. So that was the comment I made. That it shouldn't, the assumption shouldn't be made just because he, a veteran kills himself. That's because of service. Um, and I just think it's clumsy to assume it. Like Accuracy is key in everything, isn't it? Because this is such a fucking complicated problem. There are so many... There's no one-size-fits-all, is there? And it, people want to try and boil it down to that, and there isn't. Now, I'm not saying that some people have some shit, have some dramas, have a poor time, things happen to them in their service. Um, you know, maybe they do get PTSD and stuff like that and kill themselves because of it, you know. And then there's also people who will say that they committed suicide because of a loss of identity, you know, that when you leave you lose something that meant an awful lot to you and they pine for somewhere they were. You know, they pine for a life that has gone by, you know. And I, I, I can understand how people could get in that situation, but I don't know. You can't second-guess people, can you? I can't go, well, uh, I, you know, my, my instant reaction there is to say, well... If you did your full service and you had your, you know, your resettlement package and all that stuff, you've got a good opportunity there to try and build a new life and be ready, be forward-looking and try and prepare for when you leave and make the best of it. You know, you might not get it right, you know, so maybe I'm being a dick there. You know, and there's, there's people who do a couple of years, um, you know, do a few years decide they don't like it, leave, and decide they don't like civilian life either. You know, maybe they should rejoin. I did. You know, I did my, my you know, five or so years, got out for six years, um, realised that... I think I, I was lucky because Afghan kicked off while I was out. So I had the draw of going, okay, cool. There's a there's natural war for me to go and fight now, and I want to go and help my mates, so I'm going to rejoin. That's basically why I rejoined. But, um, yeah, there will be people who who leave and doesn't go so well for them. But I just think if you if you you shouldn't see it as a failure to rejoin. If you leave and go, I've made a fucking mistake here. Grass isn't greener. You know, get back in. Do another three years and then leave again when you've worked out what you want to do. You know, there's going to be people who will never find anything as satisfying as being away, working. We know those people too. It's just all proof of that the, there isn't a one-size-fits-all, and it, it isn't really a solvable problem. Because if you want to, if some people are always going to do it, You probably know those people. If you're still serving, you you probably know those people because you probably had a, a joke about it. People who, if they left or got kicked out, wouldn't be able to function. Or the people who come into their 22 years and you're going, he's going to fucking struggle. 
because this is all he is and he hasn't got anything outside of it. But it's your responsibility, isn't it, to try. It's too easy to fall into this. I know I'm digressing a bit here, but it's too easy to fall into this victim mentality that you know, the world's against you and everything was better where you were and nobody's helping you now. I don't know. I, I, know, I'm, I know I'm digressing there. But there are, there's a lot of those people who fall into that victim thing. Yeah, I, I, it seems strange that just because you did a job once, like you don't get somebody who works in IT for 22 years, you know, and then leaves either because it's the end of his you know tenure at that place or he chooses to leave or whatever. You don't get that. There's no responsibility there then for that IT company to look after that person for the rest of their life. You've got to be realistic about this. I understand that you know it's not quite the same, but your previous employer doesn't have a responsibility to make sure you have a good life after you leave. You know they don't. It's it's unrealistic to expect that to be the case for you to be babysat for the rest of your life because you used to be in the military once. You know, there are. And I'm not absolutely, don't get me wrong, there are people who, because of, you know, maybe they have got injuries, maybe they have psychological injuries. You know, we all know genuine cases of that who really do need help for the rest of their lives. And there is fucking help. It's not perfect. Yeah, there's a fucking billion charities and there's loads of organisations, including all your, your regimental stuff. Help is there. It's imperfect and it can get better, but it is there for those people. But you don't... There's it's People are too willing. And it comes back... We're hitting on some of these, these points, aren't we, about martyrdom and, you know, being a protected, a protected species. You've got to look after yourself. You've got to fucking... You, it's like your behaviour is allowed to change when you leave. So when you, were in, when you were in, you were expected. Things were expected of you. Behaviour was expected of you. There were standards. There were things that you had to adhere to to stay in that sort of tribal system, you know. And they're, they're silly little things. Not having a pocket open. Having stuff tied to you that might get lost. Having spare batteries. You know, this is real basic stuff, but there's, there's a standard of behavior and you made an effort to adhere to those standards of behavior and what was required. You spoke all the language required to understand what was required of you. You made the effort to do that. You know, you were proactive. You were a, a person who, to an extent, looked after yourself. Now, there seems to be a willingness that once you leave, is it willingness or a tendency? Slightly different, isn't it? But 
a lot of people when they leave just throw that to one side and make some mistakes we all make mistakes but there's an element of our community that allow themselves to go in that direction and then want other people to do the work to get them back on to square one and I don't know why that is now you'll say well it's because you institutionalised them because this bollocks it's bullshit I don't it institutionalised like that makes it sound like as soon as you walk out the gate you're unable to function but at the weekend you could function now people say well some people are solid and they can't pay bills and they're not used to it well you can learn all that stuff before you leave this stuff is all there it's all there you know if on your resettlement you say look um, I need someone to go through I've never lived on my own can somebody explain tax and all this stuff to me there are people in your unit whose job is to do that you know every unit has an education officer it's his job they do fuck all <laughs> so give them something to do I don't know the problem is that people don't take advantage of it they don't there's only so much support you can be given you've got to make some effort yourself personal responsibility and as I say we're all different some people are real mongos and are really going to struggle for whatever reason you know there are guys who a lot less now who have dramas with reading and writing but that too is something you can fix and everybody should have fixed I'm sure by the military because you have to be I'm fairly sure now you have to have a decent grade of maths and English before you can get promoted but it's all there for you to take advantage of you should squeeze the military dry before you leave because it's squeezed you dry but it requires effort and so the problem you've got is that these this small group of people who have genuine problems you know for the reasons I've, I've gone through their education or whatever problems that they might have dealing with normal life because they haven't done it themselves then the people who have genuine injuries life-changing then the people who have genuine life-changing mental injuries that's a small number yes it's too big but it's a small number but the resources that are available to deal with that small number are there the problem is those people who think the world owes them something because of their service and people who want and if you speak to this is an unfortunate thing but if you speak to anybody and I, I know lots of them if you speak to anybody who's worked in certainly the military charity sector they get burnt out they get absolutely burnt out by cunts by people who want something for nothing who just want to be babysat and looked after they get burnt out. Like, I know a guy who, if he listens to this, he'll know I'm talking about him. Um, Bootneck, mega bloke, left, worked in the charity sector, had to leave, got burnt out, stepped away for a little bit, 
went back because he's a fucking good guy. Went back. No, can't do something about this. I hope situation. I hope has changed slightly. Gonna go back. Recently left again. This is somebody who's really grafting, trying to help people. He's trying to look after our community. You know, continuing to serve, and just burnt out by the way the charity sector military runs, and by the people who in positions of power and the people who are using the system abuse it. You know, like mentality chat, Jay. Don't get him started on this. Because he's obviously someone who's suffered himself, you know, badly with PTSD. And Jay's got a fucking career and a half. He's had a long career and he's he's been exposed to more different flavours of shit through that long career. You know, he career started in the early nineties and he, he left recently. So if you look at all the deployments he's got there, guys been through some shit. All flavours of problems. You know, he's come through it, found a way to deal with it, nearly killed himself, didn't do it. You know. And he's been involved in the charity sector. He's been on both sides of it. And he'll tell you exactly the same thing. Too many people who are not doing as much for themselves as they could. Now, we're going to add something else to this. And it's the bad thing about... um, The bad side of us talking about it... And I, I have touched on this in the past. There are people now who... Because it's become... Well, it has become a bandwagon in a way. Bandwagons can be positive and negative. But it's become a, a a theme. It's become something that you can promote. You can basically have a career now out of helping mental health, being a you know a guru or just being a person who t- likes to talk about good mental health. Um, and if people see you like that, there's nothing you can do. Sometimes, if that's if you say things occasionally and people get something out of it, and it helps them, that's fine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who have set their career up to purely do that. Um, that it, it can be a problem. It can be a problem because there's people who are doing this who have problems themselves and aren't ready to be in a position to help. Yes, it's good to have experience of it. I understand that completely. But if you jump into it too early where you, you do have problems yourself still and you're telling, you haven't finished your sort of journey, I don't think it ever does end. But I hope you understand what I'm saying. There's people who jump into that too early and aren't ready to be giving advice because they're still struggling properly themselves. You know. There's that. Because like, You need to talk with it, talk with any credibility about it. You probably need to have experienced it. You probably need to be going through it or have been through it to have that credibility. Like I don't like talking about it because I've, I've have I don't have PTSD, so I always feel a little bit of a fraud talking about it. But I, I try and check myself with people who have like Jay, like you know 
some other mates who've got it and say, am I being a cunt here? And if they say I'm being a cunt, then I don't talk about it. I sort of change my, my thoughts on it. But I don't think you should have a situation where your financial well-being is connected to you having an illness or you talking about an illness. Um, because do you really have any incentive to get well? And there'll be people who'll be like, they're all shouting me there saying, well, of course, you know, this is terrible. You don't know what it's like. You know, of course you want to get well. That's fine for those people, but you know that's not everybody. That isn't everybody. And I'm not talking, if you, you are one of those people, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the people who see it as a as something that they can jump on. You know, maybe you make a, uh, you make clothing and a, proportion of that goes to charity bonus that's great but the reality is all of that money could go to charity all of it could you know your percentage that you're giving you're still connecting your well-being your financial well-being your career whatever it is to there being ill people you know what i mean as always i'm talking shit Waffling. Gonna have to stop this soon because I feel I feel like I've been here for like three days. Gone on a waffle fest. Bit of an epic. Um Yeah. So I just I don't think you should I sort of think this stuff should be in your spare time. So you should have a career. You should have something that you do and as a sideline you help. You know what I mean? You shouldn't be trying to promote yourself as an individual as a voice for either veterans or veterans' problems or any of those things. You shouldn't. That should not be who you are. It shouldn't be your sole purpose for being and making money. A personality. Your personality or celebrity for some fucking people shouldn't be connected to, oh, well, I'm a, a mental health guru. Oh, I, I fight for veteran rights. Shouldn't be your thing. It should be a sideline. If you want it to be your thing, go and actually work for a charity and try and change the charities from within. See how you go. Or, you know, maybe you want to be an MP. That's how you, that's the most effective way you're trying to do some change, maybe. If you're going to be in the public eye, and you want to champion those issues, go and be an MP. Get people to vote for you and go and do that job. Fucking good luck. Hard job. Hard fucking job. Um, wouldn't wish it on people. You're going to do that job, you really want to fucking... You need. You really want it. And I suppose it dedicate it shows a level of dedication to that, to do that job. So... The last point, he, he spoke about alcoholism there, didn't he? That last guy who's talking about suicide. Um, yeah. Alcoholism. Like, we do... Certainly when I joined the army, there was a drinking culture. And I think it comes from... I don't know. It seems to be a very 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s thing when you know, you're in the mess and you got drunk. And there was, there was definitely, there seems to be a, a thing of, and I see it all the time with people 
their first go-to when they've had a bad day or maybe when they're toasting a someone they know who's died. That seems to be, I see that a lot, having a drink for so-and-so. Now, there's having a drink and there's going into a hole of despair because you're remembering something bad and you're having a drink. I don't see how that helps. Now, I come from this from a biased viewpoint. It's like, I don't drink a lot. If I'm out with people, I'm like a social drinker and I really drink a lot. It's not really my thing. I don't drink just in the house. Just don't do it. Uh, like, I, I come, my mum's an alcoholic, so I come from a, a sort of... I have experience of it, and I come from a biased viewpoint, so I've got to sort of state that. She was an alcoholic all of her life, still is. You know, she's functioning, but she's at that point now where she's been an alcoholic for so long that if she actually stopped, she'd fucking die because her body's so used to it, you know. Um, yeah, her career, she lost her career because of it. She was a teacher. Other things as well, but she lost her career. She got depressed and all this, but a lot of it was to do with her alcoholism. So I've seen how it affects people and I've seen how people are dependent on it. And I just don't think it's something to be promoted. I don't. And I've, that's me on my high horse, I suppose. I just don't think, I don't see how it's helpful. It's certainly not helpful in dealing with problems. It shouldn't be a go-to. And there is definitely... The generation that I come from in the military, there is definitely an okayness with having, with drinking when you've got a problem, with drinking when you're pissed off, with drinking when your missus has left you, drinking when whatever. Oh, I'm just going to go get smashed. You know, it's the last thing you should do. Now, I'm not a Puritan, so don't come at me from that. Yeah, don't smoke, don't really drink, but I'm not some sort of fucking straight edge fucker you know I've done more fucking acid than most people have had drinks <laughs> you know I'm not like I'm not against I don't know I suppose I'm a bit libertarian and freedom of choice you should be able to do what you want but yeah um, but I don't I maybe that's being a hypocrite there but I, I don't think drinking, getting in a situation where you drink to deal with problems or when you're sad or when you're, certainly when you're, if you speak to guys who have recovered from as well as they can from PTSD and stuff like that and who used to use drinking as part of it, they'll tell you that the first thing that started to get better was stopping drinking. Just stop it. Just don't do it. And I, I know that's fucking hard, you know. I've, like I say, I've lived with somebody all for a great proportion of my life where and still deal with her looking after her where um, I see the consequences of it I know it's not fucking easy but you've got to do it got to fucking try yeah there's better ways to go down there's better routes if you're going to be addicted to something and use something as an outlet and an escape there's better ways of doing it Right, so I'm going to leave that there because I've I've pretty much fucking chatted about everything and I'm sure a lot of it was bollocks, but, you know, there we go. If you've made it this far, thank you. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm thinking about a few things with the business at the moment. I suppose we should talk about the business briefly. The, the community aspect of it, 
I'm trying to find ways to, and this is mega early days, so I'm trying to find days, days, trying to find ways of upping the community aspect thing. Of having a place. We have the community Facebook page, but Facebook's shit and I hate it. Um, pardon me. I'm trying to find ways of having a way that people can come together and talk you know now if I if I do it the way I want to do it it's going to take up a bit of extra time like I keep setting these fucking goals for myself like it's hard enough running this business on my own <laughs> pretty much and I keep trying to find ways of giving more value and it take it, it it takes time so I need to find a way of making that worthwhile um for me I don't mean I don't know I need to find a way of bringing value and that might mean finding a way that I charge slightly for it yeah that sounds terrible doesn't it sounds fucking awful you know charge you for stuff that used to be free um but I wouldn't charge for stuff that was completely free you know, don't fucking I'm, again I'm talking on my ass here so don't write me off <laughs> talking out loud you, you're basically in my brain here but there's, there's things that I think we can do to to do some more good and bring the community together better but that's going to take some organisation and it's going to take up fucking more of my time so I need to make that viable for me so yeah as I develop that idea I will come back to you more but if you have any ideas about if there's something that I'm not doing that we could be doing like if Sinita's Guild isn't doing that we should be doing you know you gotta remember the community side of this was never the plan I never planned it you lot did this I planned to make some cool t-shirts um that you can look and go, oh, cool, that guy is living the same ethos as me. That's cool. That was the plan. <laughs> and some pocket money. You know, you lot did this to me. I didn't do this. <laughs> I'd still be in the army. But yeah, I'm not complaining. I'm happy. Uh, but I'm just, now, now we're down this road, I'm just trying to do it properly. So if if you have suggestions, give me a shout, let me know. You know, I do read everything. I do listen to everything. Um, not guaranteed to agree with you. But, yeah. Well, I'm going. I'm going to go and eat some fish fingers. Because for the first time in a year, maybe a year and a half, I've got a freezer that works. So I'm all, dis- I'm all excited because me and my missus can freeze food. Um so I've treated myself today to some fish fingers. So I'm going to go and eat them. So I know everybody loves these insights into my fucking life. Jesus. Have a good one. Speak to you later. Bye bye.